Xbox on. Game on, baby. Woo! Hello and welcome to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I'm this week's host, the podfather, Ross Miller, and I'm joined by our MV Cheese, it's Reese. Hey now! Oh wait, it's not funny <laughs> anymore without Karina here. No, it's not funny without Karina, it's not funny. And Mikey? So you may remember Mikey from some of our earlier episodes. He is, of course, a mod on the Xbox One subreddit. But Uncle Jesse is doing Uncle Jesse things like usual, and Karina has a worky. A what? The worky. Is that not a thing? The the lurgy. Lurgy. It means you're not well. (laughs) It means you're not well. It means you're not well. Maybe it's a Scottish word, but I do not know, and neither do I care. But we usually get this podcast started with what we have been playing but I reckon since you two haven't actually been the country you haven't been playing very much actually so I'm gonna oh actually ooh. I made time to play something uh go on Sea of Thieves okay okay so have you been going around sitting in lots of chairs Reese? I have been going sitting around lots of chairs have you no, I've not. I've not played it since the last update, so I'm quite keen to hear your thoughts on okay. chair sitting as a way forward. It, so you wouldn't think that find a bunch of chairs and sit in them would be a very entertaining, uh, like gl- like global event, but it's actually the complete opposite. Um, it's it's really funny because like the chairs are placed in these really hard to get, really hard to find places, and also really hard to get to. Uh, a lot, a lot of them you have to like shoot yourself out of a cannon, uh, and land at the right, right place to get to the, the seat. And, uh, there's, there's five that you can do that one person can sit on. And then there's another five that require you to sit with someone from a completely different crew. So not just someone Ooh. else on your ship, but it has to be someone else from another crew. So it encourages multiple ships to go to the same area. And of course, this not being Sea of Friends, but Sea of Thieves, uh, mischief can ensue. It's just really fun. And you get rewarded this, this sort of premium currency. Uh, it's like some kind of, um, some kind of doubloons, I guess. Um, and you can actually buy like a really decent amount of money. I made more money with that quest in an hour than I had made like in the entire time I played the game. So if you're, if you're like a newbie, and you want to make some quick cash, this is a really good uh, really good thing to do. Question, when you're jumping from chair to chair, does the music start playing and you'll have to move around in a <laughs> circle until it stops? It's not that kind of chair-sitting game. Each, oh. each chair is, there's one chair on like an island hidden somewhere and you have to like piece together the clues or just look at a guide online and, <laughs> and find That's the That's cheating, Reese. Yeah, but you know, time is money. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> mm. It's <laughs> Mikey. good. <laughs> Mikey, what have you been playing this week? I actually brought my Xbox with me okay. to E3 at the apartment I was staying at, and I played Battlefield 4 and A Way Out. Okay. Any reason why you went back and played Battlefield 4? Is it because the announcement of Battlefield V? 
Okay, so I have a friend of mine that ever since Battlefield 4, he believes that every single Battlefield that's come out is complete trash. It's nothing to do with the fact that there's a female in the game or anything like that. He just, he loves the modern setting. So before I went to his apartment, he's like, you better download this or you're sleeping on the street. Okay, so you were staying at a friend and basically the only requirement for rent is that you play Battlefield 4 with them. Now, I've seen the LA rent prices. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. I think it's not so bad. <laughs> not so bad at all. Question, is it stood the test of time? Because I haven't played it in, well, a year and a half. Well, I'm probably going to say yes because actually the buddy that downloaded the game had never played it before while we were playing and he started playing with us. And I think one of the quotes he said was, you know, I don't know how I missed all these good games in the past because I was so stuck playing Halo. So he's, he was rather surprised, so I'd say yes. Okay, okay, that, that's that's good to know. That's good to know. And just to point out, what well, there's only been one game came out, so he says all the games that have come out since No, no, then. there's a Hardline. Oh, yeah, I forgot the Hardline. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that was I, trash. I, I, that was did. trash. Poor Hardline. Yeah, Actually, that was bad. Actually, Hardline did have one really good mode. Um... I think it was called oh, Hot Wires. Cars? Yeah, yes. where, where everyone yes. is driving around in the cars and the only way to score is to be in a car going at top speed. Oh, that was so fun. I, I'm so sad they didn't like modify that for future battlefields. Basically Keanu Reeves again. Yeah, more or less. It was speed. <laughs> I mean, in, in Battlefield 1, I don't know, maybe you'd have to all be on horses or some shit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Right, well, me, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest here. Surprise, surprise, I've been playing a Battle Royale game. What game is that? I've got a bit addicted to Fortnite. Uh, uh, Fortnite now? Okay, you've switched over from PUBG. Right, okay, so I've been streaming with Karina and, and the, the rest of that that sort of crew, and they all they play now is pretty much Fortnite. And I'm not, I always thought I'm not that good at this. I'm, you know, I, It's just not a game for me. It's a game that my seven-year-old likes to play when he's staying with me and we play it together because we can have one on the PC, one on the, the Xbox, so we can we can play it together. And and that's great, you know. But I actually get really, really into it because we got a few wins on the same night and got hype-zoned and everything else. And then I started grinding the challenges in my spare time, and that is addictive. Who would have thought opening seven chests and weight could be so entertaining? <laughs> I, I feel oh, no. sorry for anyone who got their ass whooped by your seven-year-old son, by the way. Who are plenty of people because he is far better at that game than what I ever will be. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, honestly, it's it, when you get into that, when you get into Fortnite and you start doing the challenges and you've got a reason to play, that's what the challenges give to me is, is um, okay, I'm going to land here because I need to kill three people within this confined area. You know, that that gives me a small challenge in another game. And if I die, I don't mind because then I can move on to the next challenge. And that's totally changed the game for me. And it's something that maybe PUBG doesn't have and should have. Um, is that, um, you know, the, the side quest, essentially, the challenges which give you a reason to go explore into areas that you never usually would. And that that's where the hook for me now is getting my levels up to unlock items by doing all the challenges. So I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm See, really, really enjoying it. I think those side quests would sort of remove the purity of PUBG. Like a lot of people who play PUBG play it because it's modern and, you know, semi-realistic. Uh, so to be given these sort of like mini quests to run around and do sort of pointless stuff, I think would 
wouldn't really fit with the atmosphere. In Fortnite, it makes sense because it's like a cartoon wonderland, right? But PUBG is, is more serious. But I just want a challenge. It's like get three pan kills in one game. Well, you know I suppose, <laughs> yeah. You could try. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I quite, I've, I've enjoyed it. Like, I, I still, I think, I, as you said, I do prefer the purity of, of PUBG. I think it's, it's a little bit more skillful. Um, once you get the building mechanic in Fortnite, it takes a little bit away from it almost because you can consistently build or there's so many different modes. It's, it's almost like organized chaos at times, organized mm-hmm. chaos at times, but you know, it's, it's given the game a new lease of life to me and I'm not going to complain about that. That's great. That's cool. But as Mikey said earlier on, you both have been at E3 for the last week. I'm super, super jealous of you both. I want to know, what is it like going to E3? Mikey, is this your first E3? This is my second. Your second. And how does 2018 compare to the previous better? Um, Actually, well, it was a little bit better because this time I went with an industry pass instead of the gamer pass, which is you go in with the masses. And it's kind of, you pick a game. If you have a gamer pass, and that's basically what you sit in line for all day, if it's popular enough. Okay, right. Okay, that sounds fair enough. Um, what conferences did you go to? Uh, just the Xbox. I was at the Xbox briefing, and so was uh, Reese. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's what I want to hear about from both of you. What, what's it like going to the Xbox conference? Because watching from home was amazing. But I can imagine the buzz at the conference itself, how excited people are, seeing the reaction of the crowd. Is that what makes it when you're actually sitting there? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Are you joking me? You travelled from Finland to, to LA. I mean, yeah, it was all right. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It, it was, okay. it, it was yeah. awesome. It was great. Uh, the studio... Not the studio, the theater is huge, uh, and it's got like a really big thump and sound system. Unfortunately, Mikey and I weren't sitting next to each other. I got let in, uh, I was in a different, completely different queue, uh, cause they divided the queues up by section. Um, uh, and so I, uh, Mikey came in at the front and I came in at the back. So like I was sitting, uh, in the middle towards the back and Mikey was like on the far right towards the front. So he was quite, quite close. Uh, you, you said it was, it was weird sitting so close. Sitting so close to Tom Howard, right? Todd Howard. Todd yeah. Howard. I said Tom Howard. It changes everything for you. Like, God, <laughs> <a beautiful> person. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the sound system was like amazing. Um, it's one thing that really sort of contributes to the hype feeling, I think. Like the big, big, loud sound system and like the lights that you don't see when you're streaming at home. Um, and you don't get like frigging paper leaves dumped all over you in the middle of the show. <laughs> I was did you guys, that, by the way. Did you guys see that at home, Ross? Well, not really, because the trailer was on, but in the sort of post shows and YouTube videos, it showed them just randomly dumping leaves on you during Forza, basically. Yeah, it's like, now it's fall, and then ka-chung! I was like, right underneath that, just absolutely covered in fake paper leaves it's like gee thanks guys did you keep one of them uh, uh i did but i didn't make it home uh i did manage to keep the tomb raider leaf though okay now just to double check like when they were showing the streets of edinburgh in scotland did a very large man start peeing in you all 
Because that's what happens in Edinburgh. Okay, no, yeah. I, they, didn't, they didn't go that far for immersion. I was a little disappointed, yeah. I have to be honest. <laughs> It's the first it's thing I thought either. was like after it is is that when you're driving around the streets of the UK, as you're going to have to avoid so many drunk people. You know, <laughs> it's like just randomly crossing the road for no apparent reason. But oh, that's and great. What, guys, what was the pop of the night? What was the one moment that you just went, "Wow!" The crowd all popped oh, for me. I mean, see, the crowd was kind of like it depended where you were. Um, for me, the crowd went absolutely berserk for the announcement of Devil May Cry. Five. Okay. Like, like this went absolutely like nuts. Uh, the crowd around me anyway. Um, but oh, it was everywhere. Yeah. Well, like it, there you go. Uh, but, but the part that was like the most awesome, I think for, the most impactful for me was actually at the very end with the little, uh, cyberpunk takeover because, yeah. um, not just because it was, it was cool the way they did it, but it begins with a huge bang, like a pop. Right. And in the theater, that was so loud that me, like half the cinema, including myself, jumped out of their seats and all turned around thinking that a speaker had like actually exploded in the back of the cinema because, you know, like surround sound. And then the lights went out and it was like, what? And then uh, obviously the the thing that initiate hacking dot execute sort of began. It was like, oh, okay, they're doing a thing. (laughs) But like the. Also, I've just been so excited because I love cyberpunk. Anyone who sees my house can tell you. Like, I've got like half a dozen, one, two, three, four, I got like five big cyberpunk posters in my house. Uh, and I just absolutely am in love with the cyberpunk aesthetic. So this is like my most look forward to game in forever. Mickey, what were you? What was your moment of show? It's actually going to be the beginning of the uh, conference when they showed Halo. Everyone around me just kind of. Oh, yeah. Out. They, they did. It um, was, it was like, eh. Eh, eh, but then, dun, 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 like when that, when that music stung, then everyone, people in the front stood up. Yeah, nobody knew what game they were about to show. We're like, okay, here's some elk. Yeah, okay. we, we got some forest here. More animals. Okay. <laughs> Deer Hunter 2018. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, is that ODST? And then Master Chief's helmet yeah. came in and yeah, the yeah. crowd. It was like, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, the guy next to me actually was like, ooh, it's ODST. And then, as I said, dun, 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 and the hey, Master Chief's helmet. And oh, it was, that was, that was a really great way to start, I have to say. Good, good call, Mikey. Good call. No, and I think the, the other moment for me was what Gears of War pulled on us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I really love this. Everyone was like, everyone was like, Gears of War, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Some guy next to me just just yelled out, Rod, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, overall, must attend if you're an Xbox fan, should you go to a a E3 briefing? Absolutely. If you can. Absolutely. uh, Honestly, the E3 briefing is better than the E3 show if you're an Xbox One fan. It was... Okay. It's like... It's amazing. Two hours of just games and hype music and trailer and like Phil Spencer from a close from a dist a close distance from a distance. Oh, the part where Phil Spencer was in the crowd, I was uh, two seats uh, back behind the cameraman holding the camera, so I I could have like thrown my water bottle at Phil if I'd wanted to. <laughs> I, d- I did. Um, <laughs> just a funny thing. 
follow quite a lot of I've got a few great game journalist friends that were at the conference and they were just like, all oh, right, so um, oh, what's 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 the next conference? Like, it's Bethesda and then it's Square Enix and then they all sort of like we're checking with each other. So, like, did anyone get a um, invite to Square Enix? Because I never. <laughs> it's like the sort of realization that Square Enix weren't doing anything at that moment at the, <laughs> the Xbox conference. All these game journalists, like, hey, what's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and then it was just like three trailers. Okay, we're done. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, moving on, the E3 show itself has been open for the public for the last two, three years, I think now. Yeah. Um, like reshooting to Gamescom. Yep. Mikey, I'm not sure what shows you, you've done. How does it compare to anything you've been in the past? It's, you know, not the biggest public show, and that's obviously Gamescom, but the certainly it's the biggest in the term of presentation with the stuff that they have there and all the rest of it. It's the most watched, I would say, show well, of them all. Honestly, Gamescom, I said this on Twitter, but Gamescom is way better. Uh, if you are a fan and you have to choose between attending the e3 uh, by the way when i say that the e3 like if you can see the keynote like the actual show do it but actually attending the e3 like you know the e3 thing uh if you have to choose between e3 and gamescom do gamescom gamescom is about 10 times larger not not exaggerating it's about 10 times larger and it has a much more positive vibe it's less crowded it's more uh, everyone's there to have fun, you know. It's there's heaps more stuff giving away, heaps more. Um, it's just just better in general, and of course, it's way better organized. Uh, like the what they do at E3 is like the the first half of the day is developers and industry only, and the second half of the day they let in the blue badge people with the games pass. Um, so the second half of the day is just awful and crowded, right? At Gamescom, they have two days which are industry only, and then they have a week. That's for everyone. Like, that's so much smarter. But, you know, leave it to the Germans to figure out a way to organize things better. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so, like, honestly, uh, it's, it was really great. Like, if you, if you can't get to Gamescom in Germany, if you're in the States, go to E3. Uh, but if you have to choose, like, if you're in the EU and you're like, oh, I can't go to E3, don't feel bad. Gamescom is better. Honestly, it's, it's way better. Right. How would you compare the lines? Ooh. Um, the lines at Gamescom are actually fa- uh, longer uh, in many time places because there's more people, but they also have way bigger booths. So instead of like six machines, they might have 16, 26, you know, more. So the, the lines move faster uh, as well, despite being longer. Uh, so it's not like, like you said, you know, you pick one game. And you just camp at that game all day. How long? M- M- Mikey and I met there for the first time in in four years, which was great. There was there was making out. There was sparks flying. It was amazing. But um, we we were. <laughs> he doesn't deny it. Just. <laughs> but um, just the wheeze. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Mikey was there with a friend of his as well, and he really wanted to play Resident Evil Two, the remake, and he yeah. he got in at like the beginning of the day mm-hmm. and camped the line like a pre-line and like the the security guards turned up and said you can't stand here so he and a bunch of people were like leading a giant conga line walking around the booth like in an endless circle of laps like just so that they were moving and as soon as he could get into the line he he got in and how long did he wait there mikey how many hours so he got in at 9 a.m along with the rest of the public in the last day and he texted me at 2 12 in the afternoon and said almost in yeah i remember that Ooh. text i remember we, 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 yeah. 
remember that text. Mikey and I were, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. So 210. Was it really 210? Oh, that's how long it takes. It really was. Uh, Especially for a popular game like that. But it was amazing. Like E3 was really cool. Uh, Mikey, what was your favorite booth? Probably Rage 2. That was why. Tell us why. Why is it cool? Um, so, well, they had this kind of like, there's some booths at E3 that will kind of give you a presentation before you jump into it. And actually, last year's is the best I remember. That was, that was for Call of Duty. But this year, you go into Rage 2 and they do like this whole room with a bunch of like weapons set up, monitors tipped over, things broken, paint all over, splattered on the walls. And they, they played a trailer and they gave you like the mission you're about to do and they set it up and they had these guys in there with you. And then they, shimmy you up and like go play our game now that you're all pumped up for it and i just had a lot of fun with the game too yeah they also okay. had they had a outside they had like one of the cars from the game and a, a test your might thing and like dudes dressed up like the enemies running around harassing people it was a really well-made booth and then you could also take uh photos and edit yourself to look like a rage character oh yeah yeah i saw those photo booths yeah yeah they were like those sort of Japanese-style photo booths where you, you hop in and, and you get pictures taken. But I think they have them in other places other than Japan. Well, yeah, but I, they were originally <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Japan exclusive. Uh, Reese, what was your favorite booth? Mine was, my favorite booth was definitely Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World Evolution. Uh, just because the, the booth was amazing. Okay, so... I forgot about that. So, like... Their booth was incredible. It it was like a huge walled enclosure that was surrounded by these high high like fences with like barbed wire and stuff. And they had the gates, like the Jurassic World gates. Uh and the, uh they had sound system, like the gates were like, I don't know, twenty feet tall, like they were really high, and they were blasting <laughs> on loop endlessly. I pity the poor booth babes who were standing outside listening to that endlessly <laughs> from nine till six. But anyway, Sounds like good day to be. Yeah, yeah. You, you go through <laughs> the gates and they've got like a life-size raptor and one of the Jeeps, like one of the iconic Jurassic Park Jeeps from the 90s, uh, like the red and, and cream ones parked, like crashed, mm. actually it was crashed. Uh, and you go inside and they had like a a weird sort of uh, like an introduction, like, you know, welcome to Jurassic Park. And then you go in, you can play the game. But like, it was just so cool. And I think, I think second place uh, begrudgingly has to go to Fortnite. Right, Mikey? Okay. I heard about that. Oh, I heard the Fortnite, Fortnite. booth was great. It, it was, it was huge. They had the biggest floor space. They yeah. had the bus in there. They had the, they had dudes dressed up in like some of the iconic outfits, including a guy that would crouch down in the bush and then stand up and get and try to scare people. Yeah. And they, they had a, a, a llama rodeo machine. Yeah. That's I've right. seen some of the videos. Uh, and it, just lots of people dancing. Yeah. That, that was going on constantly. Uh, it, and I, I heard rumors that it cost them upwards of $5 million for that much floor space. It was like a day for them. Yeah. It's not Did even, we, I think they make something like 20 million a day. Well, it was two, they made 220 million. That's in great British pounds in the month of April. Oh. <laughs> and here I am so, struggling so to pay could rent. Have E3. Yeah, they could have just bought the whole floor. Yeah. It's like, eh, it's just a week's worth, boys. <laughs> it's insane. We'll, we'll it's cut, we'll, we'll cut even this week. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm I'm super jealous, you know. I mean, I'm going to 
EGX this year mm-hmm. in UK. Yeah, that that'll be good. I mean, no, that was <laughs> uh, EGX is good for indie games. There was yeah, a, that's very true. There was a few a few indie games, but the problem with E3 is it's really expensive. So yeah, like at Gamescom and EGX, you get a like Gamescom has a whole floor for indies, uh, and you can just take your TV and set up in a corner there. Like, uh, so it's really good for like indie developers. But E3 is way too expensive because you know it's small, so space is limited. So the, they do have a, an area set up. Yeah, the, the, like a guy sitting down with his laptops yelling at you, like, "Come play my yeah, game. yeah, yeah." Play that what one. was it? The the Indiecade or something? Um, it was something like that. But yeah, but there was only like ten developers there, maybe I think. Apparently, there was the, the chicken game that you guys talked about last year was there again. Oh, yes, it was. It was back, and it looked. It actually looked better than last year. It wasn't just a retread. I I wanted to sit down and play it, but we were on our way to do something else. Okay, what's the chicken game? It's, it's called Chicken. It's, it's, yeah, it's a C H I C K N. Okay. And you just like build an animal, give it uh, an AI pattern. This is from what I remember last year. The game could have changed drastically. And you would just make your creature and move it around. And that was the early alpha stages. Like, I don't know how much it's expanded since then, but like last year, the guy just, he's like, you see what you just made? Now go eat that other thing. And he had me eating other people's creations in the game just to like test out the AI components. Oh. Well, interesting, interesting. Certainly worth jumping on a plane to LA for, by the sound yeah. of things. Uh, right, name drop. Tell me all the people you met. Ooh. Um, so I I was collecting selfies. Um, I got basically everyone from Rare. Uh, I got I got uh, I got Craig, uh, Cameron. Um, who else? Joe. Uh, actually, I didn't get Joe. Joe's the only one I, I saw him too, but I was too busy talking to Craig at the time. They disappeared before I could, before I could get him. But I got, uh, I got, I got everyone else basically that was there. Uh, I, I met up with uh, Malik uh, again. Yep. Um, former guest Malik. Of yep. Course. The uh, the head of the MVP program, uh, mm-hmm. and I saw, uh, I saw Stein, but he was. Mm-hmm. Constantly getting interviewed. I saw Charlie as well, but she was also constantly getting interviewed. I did, I did wave from the crowd and got waved back, but that was, that was the extent. Uh, and who else did you meet? Um, met up with Ryan McCaffrey, remember? Yes, we actually sat down and had lunch next to Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, Ah, uh, he doesn't wake me. Not, 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 not (laughs) not intentionally. We just decided to sit. We all just like sat down on the floor, like in a hallway. Like, all right, we're just going to sit on the floor like bums in this, like, corner alleyway we sat down Mikey's like that's uh that's Ryan McCaffrey right next to us and we're like what so it is <laughs> so yep. so yeah um uh oh I met Tyler uh Tyler Cushing who was another one of our former guests uh yep. and I also met Rick from Moorhorse another one of our former guests I basically everyone who's been on the subreddit podcast at least one time or another came to <laughs> came to high five and selfie with me at some point it was uh it was really fun oh story time story time Thanks to Zach from Frontier, I had a an exhibitor pass, and so I could get in early, like whenever I yep. wanted. I didn't have to queue, and I uh, I was in before anyone was in. Like it was just in the morning, uh, the very first day, and I walked into the Ubisoft store. One thing worth noting, right? At Gamescom, they give stuff out for free everywhere. Yes. Swag, 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 swag. Everywhere is swag. At E3, they make you pay for it. 
Everything is Ooh. selling you stuff. Yeah, it's like, you know, why give away free swag when you sycophants will pay for it, right? So they have stores everywhere. I was shocked. But anyway, so I went into the Ubisoft store and I'm having a look. And, you know, there's some T-shirts and I, I was actually mentioning to Clay, like, oh, hey, Clay, they've got these um, these Funko Pops for Rainbow Six that you can't get anywhere else. So I'm in there and then I'm about to leave. I turn around and a bunch of people walk into the store and it's Hideo mother effing Kojima with his entourage and I was like oh my god it's Hideo and I'm just standing there uh, trying my best not to look because you know you gotta you gotta you want you want to be in the same room but you don't want to stare like a weirdo right and no, I would have stared. and he's he's such a rock star like he's there in like that that trademark sort of like jacket uh, and and jeans combo that he wears and he's wearing these dark sunglasses inside and he just he's just standing there with his arms folded, you know, like a rock star. And he was with a, there was a woman with him. I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, uh, some some Japanese woman. And she wanted a whole bunch of stuff from the store. And she was like running around, really excited and pointing to stuff. And and basically, he had like an army of goons, like his entourage, that were just running around collecting everything that the woman pointed to. And he was just like there with his arms folded, like mm, good. <laughs> and I just I just casually walked out. Pretended like, eh, I don't know who you are. I'm just going to walk out, play it cool. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the brush, the big brush with fame. For me, I would have just walked up and went, what the hell went wrong with Metal Gear Solid 5? <laughs> Tell me right now. He doesn't, he doesn't speak English. So I might have looked at you like, Nani. Yeah, but I got it out of my system. It would have been a good story to tell. <laughs> Mikey, do you want to do any name dropping? Ryan McCaffrey was my biggest guest. I'm a loser. Well, no, uh, <laughs> Mikey and I were hanging out together most of the time. So a lot of the people we that I met, a lot of the same. We, we, yeah, we were like there together, or we went them at separate points. But yeah, it sounds as if E3 is an amazing experience. I said earlier on, I'm super jealous that I wasn't there myself. But thank you for sharing your experiences with us all. But anyway, I think this would be a good time to move on to our indie game of the week. So, Reese, what is our ID Game of the Week this week? So, our ID Game of the Week this week, you see me stalling for time like like a pro there while I quickly check the notes. Haha, <laughs> it's Aragami by Linsworks. And Aragami is a sort of old school stealth game um, that actually reminds me a lot of Tenchu Stealth Assassin on the PS2. Did you guys ever play Tenchu? Yes. Yeah, I like right. Tenchu. Yeah, it Tenchu is a better game than this. <laughs> well, that's, this is going to be controversial. So, uh, Aragami has been very well received. Um, in fact, uh, I believe Big Jazz gave it a perfect 10 out of 10 over at uh, Windows Central. Um, and yeah, it's, it is, as I said, an old fashioned stealth game. It's big, big pull is that it's got like sort of a cell shaded art style. It looks a bit like, a bit like those old Japanese wall scroll paintings. Uh, but come to life. If you've ever played, um, there's that, that game where you're a, a wolf. What is it? Someone help me out. Uh, they just, oh, game where you're a wolf? They just recently remastered it on the PS4. Um, oh, I can't remember now. It's going to kill me. Someone is going to correct me on this in the subreddit. But anyway, it, it looks a bit like that. Uh, and it's, yeah, you're a wolf when you paint things. You have like a paintbrush. Oh, mm. I am lost. So someone knows what I'm talking about. Please, someone. It, f- first person to tell me which game I'm talking about, like Japanese game art style that looks like a painting. You're a wolf. You paint things with a paintbrush. First one to tell me that gets a free game. Um, so 
yeah. Anyway, it's got this art style and it's a, a stealth game, basically. Uh, and Okami. Okami, Ross, you don't get you, you, don't, you don't get dick because that is, you just Aww. ruined it for everyone. Yeah, it's Okami. It's okay. did, you, did you Google that furiously? Yes. <laughs> did, you, did you just Google like lower. all of the descriptors that I said? I, I basically just typed in paint PS4. That's what I Googled as well. <laughs> Okami. It looks like Okami. Very similar art style. Um, great game, by the way. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Back to Origami. Uh, guys, obviously, we've all played it. Uh, Ross, it seems like you didn't like it. So I'm actually going to save you for last because I think it'll be interesting yeah. to hear the good versus the bad. Now, Mikey... I'm a, I'm a go I'm a go with you. I've played it too, and I think my opinion is somewhere in the middle. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk for a while. Mine might be in the middle too, leaning more towards the good. I kind of thought of it as dishonored, um, because of the shadow leap ability, like similar to teleport and dishonored. But you find in a bush. <laughs> yeah, you do actually <laughs> find that in a bush. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I, so I. I played through about half the game now. I, I I'm gonna be finishing it, and I'm I want to move on to the Nightfall, which is the DLC that comes with it. But so far, it seems like the whole game is based around the Shadow Leap. Like if you don't use your Shadow Leap, you're not playing the game right. So I've been Shadow Leap, like doing the Shadow Creation into a Shadow Leap and stabbing. Yeah. Shadow Creation into a Shadow Leap and then stabbing, which it feels awesome. The first few chapters, and then you keep doing it. You're like, uh oh. I'm going to be doing this for another six chapters. So I, I have to kind of wait and see when I finish the game, if more of the dynamics play in, because you do get some other abilities that are fun to use, but you can only use them twice before they're gone. So it really forces you into using the shadow leap ability to like get most of your kills. If you're killing people, I've gone through and I'm, I'm doing a playthrough <laughs> where cause you get a medal for killing everybody and I've literally killed so- everybody in Five chapters. M- Mikey is subscribing to the classical hitman strategy of no one will know if there is no one left to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, I think I, yeah. I killed everyone on the first level. Uh, uh, it's you got the achievement, no witnesses. I thought that was pretty funny. By the way, I skipped the first cutscene, right? And this this game, the the weak point for me is definitely the cutscenes. They're boring. And so the cutscenes are going on and on. And I said out loud, I don't care. And I skipped it. And then I got an achievement that popped up that said, I don't care. And I was like, oh my God. And the best part as like the ultimate FU for skipping their cutscene. You know how many achievement points it was, boys? Whoa. 19. Oh. That's another thing though. <laughs> Over half their achievements are 19 points. And it's like, I have to finish these until they're even <laughs> well it's, it's not as good as um the, the the double dragon neon when you start the game it gives you a one point achievement like the curse of skeletor whoever the boss is and you have to beat him to lift the curse and get your your achievement points back to normal i thought that was pretty funny but yeah so there's one other thing it, w- keep going please mikey oh, i was gonna say there's one other thing before we swap over other people's opinions and i found the checkpoint system to be annoying um I'd go, and, and being that I'm killing everybody, I'd have to kill about five or eight guys, and then I'd accidentally step in the water, die. You did that too? The whole area. Yes. Oh, I nearly, I nearly rage quit. I was like, I wonder if I can walk across the water like a ninja, touch the water with my foot, dead. Back to the beginning. You son of a, <laughs> like I, I saw. 
<laughs> in various languages. Okay. Can I rant yet, or do you see you want to give your thoughts? Go for it. I'll uh, I'll jump back in at the end uh, just to make sure okay. that we've got some go. Okay. I actually wrote down notes for this. <laughs> okay. Okay. So go over. Story-wise, who cares? It's a revenge story. I know, like, in this world of great narratives and everything else, this is just really poor. Reese mentioned the cutscenes are boring. Really, really quite boring. They don't add anything to the game for me. I, I was not interested in the story right from the, the offset. Okay. The, you mentioned Dishonored earlier on the, the first power, which I said you find in a bush, which is the most random thing ever. It's a short per- t- uh, teleport, and they basically just take that straight out of Dishonored. It's exactly the same. There's something else is I do it's not, not like... S- just to clarify, it's not exactly the same. You can only jump while you're in shadow to another yeah, shadow. True. Like, okay. so if you... If you actually, and you get another ability later on that lets you create shadows. That's what Mikey was talking about. So if you create a shadow behind someone, you can teleport right behind them and stab them, almost like an instant win. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Keep going, please. Fair enough. Yep. Um, and that is the main pillar, as you mentioned, which I, I use for, I, I hate cell shaded games. You do? I just don't like the look. I just don't like the look of them. Okay. It's just, it's not my, my, my thing. You know, so I, I can put that down to my own personal preference, okay? Um, we mentioned that we're on about Battlefield Hardline. There is a mission in Battlefield Hardline that if you fail midway through, if you get seen at any point, it puts you back to the last checkpoint, which could be a little bit further. That mission was basically frowned upon by them everywhere. No one liked that mission. They hate the fact that back and to basically create an entire game off of that no you don't, not for me one bit you don't lose if you get seen but they, they probably will kill you yes but essentially it is instant you know what I mean Wait, as soon as you get seen there's no real coming back is there? it's very difficult no, it's not unless you're like right next to them ready to press X yeah, or, or if you're like a, a good distance away or if like they see you while you're running in the distance and you have like a chance mm-hmm. to sort of Get to a roof or something. Uh, I did think. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing is I found the controls are a little bit clunky. Yeah. Okay? And for this, this you need for this is what I said is other stealth games do this better. Okay. And for a game which requires you you trying to get a perfect score because it gives you a grade at the end of the mission, having clunky controls does not help at all. Yeah, I think. Now, I think it's finicky. Yeah. That's the way to describe it. Finicky. Where you maybe just miss something you're looking for. You know what? You're just, it doesn't do exactly what you want to do. And that's hardly a stealth game when you can't get the game to do what you yeah. want it to do. See, the, the reason I compared it to Tenchu and not a modern yeah. stealth game is it controls exactly the same as Tenchu. For example, in Tenchu, like, it, you can't, you can't take cover. Like in modern stealth games, you press yourself against a, like a doorway and you can peek around the corner, right? That's sort of a given. You can't do that in this. And so it, it controls like a PS2 game. Uh, yeah. and, and yeah, compare like modern, modern games have sort of fixed that. So if you like that old school feel, w- welcome aboard, but it's definitely, I kept wishing that I could like, you know, press myself into the shadows more instead of just kind of, as you say, being a bit clunky around the edges. Okay. Now, there are, there are some positives, okay? Uh, the idea of the game for me is good, okay? The 
I feel as if this is a game. Stab people with swords? Yes. The the, the whole, the the stealth narrative and everything else, I feel as if they varied up the missions a little bit. They gave me a story that I cared about and they sorted out the sort of clunkiness of the control, you know, gave me the full control of the character. I feel as if this could be a really, really good game. So I feel as if maybe a sequel could be good. It just didn't grab me because the, the things I was thinking negative about it right from the offset never left me through my playthrough. I just need it to be a little bit better overall, you know, all round, and it could be a really, really good game. So I'm hoping that if there ever is a sequel, and the way it's selling, I think there might be, that we do actually get that and it does turn into a good game series essentially but it's just it's it's one for me one that was not for me that's all i'm going to say about it and and i did want to rant a little bit about it because i went and really looked forward reese will tell you we, we decide our, our games of the week quite early on usually i could tell <laughs> usually yeah usually i could tell this was going to be our game of the week from the, the moment I, I seen the release dates I was, I was really, really excited to play it. So maybe I just hyped it up in my own head how good this was going to be, and it never quite lived up to it. So, but Jez, I'm sorry you're wrong. Let's, let's keep in context, though. It is a $25 game. Yes. Yeah. So it's a game Rocket League cost me $15. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, when, when you compare everything kind of- to Rocket League... <laughs> <laughs> Rocket uh-huh. League is one of those that just took off. Not every $15 game is going to be, or $25 game is going to be, you know, cream of the crop. I would say this one falls, for me, the average for $25 games. I don't hate it. I'm not absolutely in love with it, but I'm going to keep playing. So that's my take. I- I'm the same with Mikey, and actually I'm really interested to try out the cooperative multiplayer. I haven't had a chance yeah. to do it yet. I think that would actually make it fun. I'll do that with you. I'm interested to try that myself because I haven't had a chance yet. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that. Yeah. I think that might, if if they if they do it right, that could really elevate it from as you you're saying crap to at least good, or in Maya is decent to good. So we, we should definitely try it. Uh, just yeah, as co-op I said. Date after this? Sorry. Co-op date after this uh, recording. M- might have to. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, you know, Jez gave it a ten out of ten. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people that are in his corner and saying, no, this is a really, really great game. He doesn't give 10 out of 10s for much. No, actually. So, so I guess it really um, tickled his fancy. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he, exactly. he liked, so, he liked uh, Surviving Mars and that game was... <clears throat> yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so Reese, if people wanted to win a copy of this game, what should they do? They should probably, if they want to play a copy of this game, they should go and buy it themselves, the lazy. <clears throat> no, they should tune in to our Twitter account on Friday on hashtag free code Friday. It sounds weird to say hashtags out loud. Anyway, tune in on Friday to the Twitter account and we will be giving away, as always, one of two copies, hopefully, to you. Yeah. So that's right. Follow us on Twitter at PartyChatPod and look out for that tweet. But let's find out what's been happening in the subreddit this week. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. First story, and this is one that Mikey is going to be taking because he has tried it, is Fast Start is available for Alpha and Beta members. Of course, this was mentioned at 
E3 2018 briefing, the Xbox briefing, that people are going to be able to play Games Pass and other games earlier through some smart technology. And Mikey was given the task of trying this out. How did you go on, Mikey? I actually like it. Um, ready to start for me in the past has never really worked. Um, you start the game and it's like, okay, you get to play. No, you get to look at the menu. Yeah, ready to start and the menu, I was going to say. Which which then you sit there and you watch the, the background. You watch it downloading and it's actually downloading slower because you have the game open. So you still end up having to close the game. Ready to start. When I tried it, it had um, more than half uh, was still like needed to be downloaded and it said it was going to be ready to play. Um, so that is way more improved than the previous style of ready to start. I don't, what was it called before? I feel like that's not right. It was ready to play, wasn't it? Or ready to start? No, it was, was ready to start. It was never play okay. because if they said play, then they wouldn't ah. be able to just open up the menu. Yeah, yeah this is, true. this is yeah. fast start. Yeah. Yeah. So just to explain for, for those that are, are unsure what this is, the, it's some smart technology that basically starts downloading the assets you need to start playing the game so that you can um, start playing the game while the rest of it is downloading. So it only downloads all the assets it needs for you to turn on and actually start playing through the game. And then as you're playing through, it's downloading the, the rest of the assets you need um, later on. Of course, it's brand new technology. It's, it's just getting tested out in the preview program. There may be some errors and maybe things go wrong. But, Mikey, did you encounter, was there any issues when you starting the game or, or anything like that? There was no issues. Um, one thing I do want to bring up is cheese. You said that it would probably not be useful for you because you have gigabyte internet. Yeah. I want to say one thing. It calculates the point at which it will start based on your connection speed. Oh. So if you started it early, I, I actually kind of want to test this out. And later on, you can tell me we'll even test the same game. I'm willing to bet like your game will start almost instantaneously. It could do. I might have to check it out. Uh, it, I mean, I can recognize just... your download speed and just be ready to go. Yeah, because like for me to download. Uh, a, a game it takes only a few moments so uh, unless it's like a really really big game like uh, one of those 50 150 gigabyte downloads hello um gears of war 4 but <laughs> but yeah the, like a, no a normal game is done in a couple minutes so yeah I, I definitely will try it out just to see how how fast it it goes um i'm guessing it like just downloads say like the first level or something well it, it's not it doesn't I don't think it's an exact science in that way. Like, no. imagine open world games are going to be a lot harder for it to do than, <laughs> yeah. than like level-based ones. You know, like it's it's an interesting thing. I guess that's where the machine but, learning comes in. It pays attention to how people play the game and then sort of loads that stuff first. Yeah, yeah, it must do. It's some smart technology. It is really, really smart. I know it's existed for some PC platforms for a while, but to have it now in console will be interesting as the fine-tune it and, and everything else. Developers get involved and, and telling them what assets need to be downloaded at which points. It's it's going to be interesting to to see how this develops, but I'm quite excited for it because my, when I'm staying at the moment, I'll, by the time this releases, I'll be in a different place, but um, the internet isn't great, and when you're downloading, there's times where I've had to put something on overnight to play the next day. Uh, that's old school. Yeah, like just, you know, some very, very large games. In fact, I, I the sales on last week are generally by WWE games. Okay, I quite like. I saw you playing games. WWE. Yeah. It's like I, I looked at. I was like, today I, I wanted to see uh, if 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 Ross had been uh, 
or not Ross, but if, if everyone had been playing, um, yeah. on, uh, who on my friends list had been playing uh, Aragami because I wanted to test out the multiplayer. And I saw that when I looked at Ross's profile, it was just like a wall of uh, WWE achievements and, and stuff <laughs> like that. It's like I, I, a game show, so it costs like 10 bucks each for the game. You know what I mean? And yeah. I probably get 20, 20 hours a year out of it. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's that's good value for me. <laughs> but um, that that has a mode where when you load up the game, the ready-to-start option was basically you get to pick one of four wrestlers and just do a match. Okay? You know, it has a pre, it has a ready-to-install separate section from the main game. So what will be interesting to see through time is, are they going to take that out? Because you will be able to actually start playing through the normal game and it will just download the assets. You know, how, how is this going to work for games like that? I think the sports games do a similar thing where, like Madden and FIFA, that you get a choice of maybe six teams and you can just play a single game against the computer while it's loading. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if these things are kept in or if, if everything's going to change with us. But I've never seen any of this before. I always just wait for not. the games to install, yeah. Yeah. You remember the Commodore 64? Yes. You remember loading up the, the tapes? Yes. So, for, for our younger listeners, once upon a time, video games came on cassette tapes. If you don't know what a cassette tape is, well, I'm afraid I can't help you. But it used to take about half an hour to 45 minutes to load a game. Like, I'm not talking about installing. I'm talking about loading. And you used to have to pop it in the thing and that, like, all these uh, flashing multicolors would just flash on the screen for, for a long, long time. And some games uh, would actually load a separate mini game for you to play while it was loading. Like, for example, I remember uh, one game that we played, like, Invaders, like Space Invaders, uh, while the game was loading. I don't know why they don't do that, like, have some sort of mini game while, yeah. it's, while it's loading. I'd play the mini games. I'd play Invaders while the game was installing. Yeah, no, that, that, that does make sense. It does make sense. But maybe with Fast Start, you wouldn't have to. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, or I could just, mm-hmm. just continue waiting until the game is done. <laughs> well, next story, of course, one of the major things to come out of E3, in fact, the weeks leading up to E3, was, of course, Fallout 76. And going against the trend, they're going to be giving it free DLC for years for the multiplayer shooter, or multiplayer RPG. Yeah, RPG. You want to call Survival it, yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the microtransactions are all going to be cosmetic only, and all can be earned through gameplay alone. Now, is this the, the correct thing to do? I know The Witcher essentially done it. They did have some DLC that you could buy in terms of missions and things, but this seems like a good move from Bethesda for me going against all the recent controversy of the last three years with boxes and everything else. So. I just wanted to get your take on that. Are you surprised that Fallout 76 is going to have free DLC? Uh, not really. I mean, it's it's a multiplayer game. Like, Bethesda have done DLC for all of their games, especially Fallout ones, but they're single-player games. I don't really have any objection to paid expansion packs and DLC for single-player games, you know, because typically it's like you pay a bit of money and you get, like, an extra 10, sometimes 20 hours of gameplay and a brand-new storyline, right? But my issue is with multiplayer games if you have paid content you essentially split the player base right like it's been a problem for call of duty since forever as soon as a new map pack comes out 
you know, 40% buy the map pack, 60% don't. And now you've got 40, like 40% less or, or 60% less people to play against. So I think this is the smarter way to go about it, if I'm honest. What about you, Mikey? Um, I think it is too. Uh, so far, it kind of looks like it'll be a lot like what Rockstar did with GTA, but they said no gameplay elements. So I assume things like weapons and suits will not be a part of that. So we're not thinking like cars and weapons in GTA. It's just like the silly hats and clothes that you can buy. What about what about buildings? They said that building is going to be a big feature. Do you think that they'll have like oh. special like building oh. things for cosmetic things for your house? You know, like special, I don't know, chairs or paint jobs for your house or something? That's definitely. I now that you say that, I believe it's definitely the route they're going to go. Uh, that's probably why building is such a large part because hey, we can monetize this, but in the right <laughs> way. Because if, it, if it's functional and it does the exact same thing as somebody else with like a 1950s fridge versus one that's like made out of wooden planks, I don't really care all that much. I think that's the right way to go about it. Ross? In comparison, Activision, you just mentioned there with, with, with Call of Duty, as Black Ops 4 comes out later this year, they have a pre-order bonus for Black Ops 4. Um, which is a new map pack, which you get now for Black Black Ops Three. What? Uh huh. That's the only. Yeah, I was going to say that's going to say it's a PlayStation exclusive. This what? as well. Yep. You, you so pre-order. You have... Wait, wait, wait. Stop. You pre-order an upcoming game, and yep. you get a map pack for an older game that's exclusive. The map pack is exclusive to PlayStation Four. Yes. What? Exactly, exactly. So this is the, the, the two opposite did, ends of the did, spectrum. Did no one at Activision Blizzard say that out loud? <laughs> like, did, did anyone just actually repeat that out loud to make sure that wasn't insane? And to add more fuel to the fire, they are now the only large shooter on the market, and this includes like Rainbow Six, Overwatch, and other shooters, that has paid DLC. Yeah, every other shooter's gotten rid of, it, including Battlefield Five. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's V. Battlefield V. Battlefield. Battlefield Roman numeral V. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean Battlefield V? v. Battlefield V. <laughs> um. Wait. I, I, I. One end of the spectrum. I think it's great that we don't have the paywalls. Anymore with Bethesda and even EA, EA to an extent, they've learned the lesson, I think. And basically, everyone's going <laughs> to be able to play with each other. Not willingly. They were dragged, <laughs> kicking, dragged <laughs> kicking and screaming, but yeah. And then the opposite end, you've got that, what can only be described as, as farcical from, from Activision there. Like, if more developers do things like this and come out and say, this is what we're doing right from the offset, make it clear for everyone is what they know. You know exactly what it's going to be. Then I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good move for me, and I'm also really excited for Fallout 76. Fallout is a game which I enjoyed. I enjoyed Fallout 4, and um, but I think having an open world in it, well, or a multiplayer, I think running about the wastelands with your friends in tow is going to be great fun. Great, great yeah, fun. But it's not going to be Fallout, especially without vats. Yeah, that's true. Oh, hold on. Let me correct you on that. I've been looking into the details because they didn't really announce anything like well, the details like on the show floor. But they have said there will be vats. Now, but, the way they're going to do it, because obviously you can't slow down time, it will be real-time vats. So you have to be quick about it. What's the 
What's the point of that? While, while you're we like can target a certain area, yeah, like but, a, but an while, area while, while you're dicking around in vats, they shoot you in the face. Right, yeah. but it's still there, and it'll. I assume it'll mostly be to help with PVE, not necessarily PvP. Because I can't imagine running up to like somebody else and going, "Oh, let's get the headshot in it." Oh, I'm dead. Like that probably won't work. Yeah, it'll be but, easier than NPC fight. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be one of those uh, one of those Fallout elitists, uh, even though I am. Um, but like, if I think of it as uh, a side game. You know, like for example, I'm not I'm not mad that Fallout Shelter exists uh, because it's it's a side game on the mobile, even though it's nothing like Fallout. Uh, so if I think of it like that, then I'm not angry about Fallout 76. I'm actually quite excited to play it in co-op. But at the same time, I really do wish, like I I know it's it's not as long as I think of it as not Fallout or as like a side thing to Fallout, then it's okay. But as soon as I start thinking about my Fallout. Without Mavats and and my story and and my dynamic character choices, I start to get a bit uh, a bit of an eye twitch. <laughs> so I have to I have to keep my state of mind clear. Well, Reese, I've got some good. Um, or right, sorry, one bit of news that we found out today as well is the Xbox One is going to be the first platform to get the beta for it as well. Woo! Fantastic news! Happy about Can that. Can I just say I love the way you say uh, beta. Beta. Mm, it's great. It's my favorite. It's be better than that. I'll bring bring it back in a little bit something that you are excited about okay Um, because we all know you love your cyberpunk well cyberpunk 2077 is going to have full frontal nudity and one night stands these are so so these are things I'm very excited about uh, all of those things cyberpunk full frontal nudity and one night stands Um, (laughs) well I mean see um, if you're going to have a cyberpunk game the the primary theme for all cyberpunk all cyberpunk is existentialism like you can't have yeah. cyberpunk without existentialism and i know i'm using a big scary word but i don't actually know uh, a smaller word for that but basically you know you in a world where you can swap your body parts at will you can have any sex any 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 race, you know, you can mix and match. You can you can be half robot. You can be fully cyborg. You know, whatever you feel like, right? Uh, you know, this sort of that that's like a core element of what is cyberpunk, and you know, what makes me human, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, without nudity, like it'll sort of like how can I say like devalue the the impact of this if they do it right? Because I know that. Uh, I know that these guys are good at writing stories, uh, and I think that they won't be afraid to to use the nudity to really sort of bring forth that sort of existential crisis. I think I might have mentioned this story before, but I remember I got really excited for The Witcher 3, and my wife was out when I started playing it, and she returned to the house just at the point as, as Geralt was in the bath with that lassie, with that girl. <laughs> She's like, what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, when it comes to one night stands, that's just, uh, that's just yeah. CD Project Red being CD Project Red. <laughs> basically, basically. As you said, it isn't really a surprise. One of the surprising things for me to come out of it is it's first person. That was the one that surprised me the most. Mikey, were you expecting that? Uh, worried me a little bit. Um, oh. and I'm hoping they have a traditional, like, third person. Because one of the big things, now they're doing character creation, but they're moving to first person, so you can't see your character. So, 
on one hand, I, I'm interested to see it because I'm sure it'll play like Deus Ex, but I really want that third person perspective so I can see the guy that I'm making, so I can see like things I put on him. That that's part of the RPG experience for me. It's true. A lot of people are the same. Like those weirdos who play Skyrim in third person. Ugh. Yeah, there's there's people who do that. They play no. they play that the old they play the yeah. different. But really there there is people who play the Elder Scrolls in third person. Ugh. No. No, I'm I'm moving on because I'm not <laughs> about that. But, although seriously, what what you said, Mikey, really excites me because uh about it playing like Deus Ex, because Deus Ex is one of the best cyberpunk games ever, uh, and it's but it's the it's sort of like the forefather well actually the forefather is definitely um System Shock two, which is also a cyberpunk game. But or System Shock. Uh but the the immersive sim, which is gonna be one of the weirdest name genres of games ever, right? And like the, the the most recent the most famous one most people listening to this podcast will know who aren't old men is Bioshock. Bioshock, that kind of gameplay is called an immersive sim. Uh or Prey, if you've played that. That's the most recent one I can think of. So Which are all first person? Yeah, exactly. The immersive sim is almost always first person, as far as I know. Uh and so to have what is also ostentense, ostent, is essentially <laughs> uh, uh, one of my favorite genres, the immersive sim, but made way more RPG and like an open world and stuff like that. It's like, oh, it sounds like a dream come true. I'm trying not to hype, but I'm a little bit excited, boys. Yeah, the writing of CD Projekt Red, the character build and everything. That, it, it's hard not to get excited about that and having full frontal nudity and one night stands is just something which adds to it. Icing on the cake, baby. <laughs> uh, now, last story I want to talk about today was actually the Xbox UK on Twitter who asked at Nintendo UK, would you like to play some Fortnite later? Oh. <laughs> Burned. <laughs> yep. You guys, you guys might have noticed on the subreddit, I, I kind of made a similar, uh, a similar request of our Nintendo, um, no, on, in the no, announcement. No, because bar. no one uses old sub, uh, the old Reddit now. We're all onto the new one. No one sees your CSS. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, sorry for them. You, you, you take, <laughs> you, you're telling me that and also denying that there's people who play, uh, the Elder Scrolls in third person it doesn't it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. But yeah, uh, that's yeah, well, exactly. But yeah, that's um, that's funny. Uh, it's well, it's exactly what reason. Sony did to 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 Microsoft at the beginning of the generation. Uh, it's the same sort of cheek, and now they're getting it back. So. For those that have been hiding under a rock, Sony have been getting some pressure from Fortnite fans uh, about the fact that they can't cross-play with Switch or Xbox users. But not only that, their Epic accounts, if they were tied to the PS4, mean that they can no longer be used on any other platform. So those wanting to, who've been playing on PS4 for months upon months, unlocking items, who then suddenly wanted to play on the Nintendo Switch, essentially could not have any of their items. Now, that almost only was not because of Fortnite. So this is all Epic accounts. So if you, for example, played Paragon on your PS4 at one point and then wanted to move across to the Switch, you could not transport your account from PS4 or Sony 
to the Switch or Xbox. And to be saying it's been getting some backlash would be an understatement. It made Twitter, the BBC News. It did make the BBC News. That's that's what I think brought it to a lot of people's attention and why so many people people have been commenting on it. It's it's one of those things that's it just feels so backwards. It's so outdated. People are going to look back on this in five years and be like, what was Sony smoking? Like, the argument I always see on Twitter is, well, Xbox done it to to PlayStation. That was 10 years ago. And and also, it was slightly different circumstances as well. I think a lot of it was down to the fact that Xbox wanted it to be on the Xbox Live platform, and that wasn't a viable option for parties involved. There was there was there was other circumstances around this. Times have moved on. Let's just face it, you know, we want to play with our good Sony friends on all platforms. I'd love to play Fortnite and the Switch. That seems like the perfect platform for that game, if I'm perfectly honest. You know, you can play it on the move, you can pick it up, play a few rounds when you're in your lunch break at work. It's the absolute perfect platform. And how Rocket many League people... is even better on Switch. Oh, that, that, that's good. I have played that actually in my lunch break at work. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, it's one of those things for me. So backwards, we've mentioned it before. Sony, get your finger out of your backside. Introduce this. All us gamers want to do is play with each other or at the very least allow us to get the things we've unlocked on all the platforms that this game's available on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. And like I said, it's, it's being treated with this, like Microsoft are acting with the same sort of smug cheekiness that Sony thrashed xbox with at the beginning of the generation about sharing games yeah it's exactly the same uh in fact uh, there's been heaps and like an endless stream of memes on our gaming and ps4 and nintendo switch and you just can't keep them down i i really hope that they they change this i mean obviously their own games yeah fine but a multi-platform game like fortnite i mean they're on it's and minecraft too it's not it's just it's just so old-fashioned right yeah, I mean, from their perspective, it's a. I'm not really defending them on this, but I'm just pretending to be Sony. It's a business decision first. Obviously, that thirty dollar battle pass that you could buy on Xbox is now being, you know, a chunk of that's being taken out on Nintendo Switch platforms. If you're not getting as big of a percentage, possibly as you were before. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas maybe the Sony guys are looking at it and they want a bigger chunk, and that's why it's on theirs. I don't know I how know people... back end money works, but no, that's that's, that's true. Yeah, so what about the people that I know that are like, well, I really want to keep on playing Fortnite on the Switch, so the next Battle Pass, I'm buying it Nintendo. And they're just going to stop playing it in PS4. And, and that's the other thing, because they have a lot to lose now. People might not buy the Battle Pass on PlayStation knowing it's not going to carry over to their PC, it's not going to carry over to their Switch. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's like a, a Catch-22, right? Like. Uh, I understand, but you know, it's that's the problem with big corporations. Uh, it's not enough for them to make lots of money, it, tons of money, truckloads of money. Like it's got to be all. The it's got to be all the money. Exactly, all the money in the world. That's that's. It's not a, a lot of money. Is not enough. All the money is how much they need to make. And for me, it just makes other platforms seem like good guys. Oh, we're willing to do this. Why aren't you? Yeah, it's and and not to even comment on it is just it, it feels like bad PR. It just it just feels like really really bad PR that could my, my really really hurt them. My favorite term. my favorite thing about this is there's so many young people who are like, oh my god, 
what happened to my beautiful Sony? And I'm like, guys, Sony has always been this way. Always. <laughs> That's just how Sony operate. They are tricked y'all at the beginning. They are a big corporate company. They always have been. Uh, and that's just, that's just how it is. That's just how I'm they just waiting operate. For to, yeah, I'm just waiting for them to introduce Don Matrick as our new CEO. Oh, Donnie boy. Producers that don't like the Epic account situation, we have a console for you. It's called the PS3. <laughs> uh, Donnie boy. What, what's oh, Donnie boy doing these days? Didn't he go to Facebook? No one cares. Google. <laughs> I'm willing to Google about a white wolf, but I'm not willing to Google this. Uh, um, but anyway, look, I think that's a good point to take us out. But Reese, you had a competition running on the subreddit. All the mods did. The subreddit had the competition, I should say. Uh, do you want to let us know who won the amazing Jurassic World Evolution console? Yes, the winner was user Grimay Shark. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's actually G R Mayshark, uh, which is like a shortened version of his name. Uh, so congratulations, G R Mayshark. Uh, he is a very friendly chap who frequents the Xbox One subreddit and movie subreddits. He seems to be a huge fan of Jurassic Park, um, and he was completely over the moon uh, about winning. Like it, it made like doing this like. Announcing to him that he won really made my day. Like it was a real, a real wholesome moment to see his, his reaction. Um, he was really thankful in DMs, uh, and he's been like jumping up and down on Twitter about it and promising to post pictures when he gets it and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, this is, this was like one of the coolest things we've ever given away. Uh, I mean, it is like actually a custom made Jurassic World Evolution themed Xbox One X console. And Mikey and I got to see it for real, uh, at E3. It was on display and it is as beautiful as you can imagine. It is like, it's not just like a skin. It's actually like properly textured. Like the gouges are actually gouges and the, the sign in the middle, like is like, I don't know, half an inch that sticks out and it's just, it's just beautiful. Right. So this is, it's amazing. Uh, amazing prize. And there were so many good entrants. We have a 500 entrance and I spent an hour today, uh, scrolling through all of them uh and, and laughing so hard at at some of the entries uh we made like a little best of top 10 uh some of our favorite picks uh my my personal favorite was the tyrannosaurus flex and it was like a a tyrannosaurus uh, with like with big arms flexing and he's got like a pile of money and a ferrari and stuff behind him <laughs> but yeah uh, uh, that's pretty good it, that, it, it made me giggle i have to say but uh, yeah so Congratulations to uh, GR Mayshark, and I hope you enjoy your console. And thanks to everyone who entered. Um, I'm hoping that we get to do more stuff like this in the future because it was, it was just awesome, right? Yeah. Actually, like, I, I gotta be I honest. Mean, it was, it was actually. I'm lying through my teeth. It was terrible because I didn't win. Uh, Mikey, I, I, <laughs> Mikey, I thought we agreed we to won. fix this. I, I thought we agreed <laughs> to rig this, Mikey. What were you doing? Don't do that, because I'll get PMs and Reddit saying about, oh, was he being serious? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we did get our chance at E3 because they had like a second, that second version. Yeah. Which is the same one, but a second one. We yeah. got to sign up for it, but I didn't win that either. Uh, 
Ah, nightmare, nightmare. But what, I think that's a good point to end the podcast, guys. E3 2018 is over for another year, but now we get the countdown to all the games. So I'm excited. But yeah. for another week, Xbox, turn off. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this.